0: it will be mike mccarthy on one side and it will be kellen moore on the other side tonight we'll preview cowboys versus chargers next monday night football this will be a fun game let's get right into it What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Prime Time. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me, because remember that every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. It's going to be a fun Monday night football, man, in my opinion. I know that we're frustrated with the Cowboys, and we should be, because that was a very frustrating loss to the San Francisco 49ers. But this is a game that spells chaos to me. You've got the Chargers, who are dealing with some injuries, and also have a fun offense because they are a number five offense in the NFL like they're a top five unit statistically speaking and you've got the hungry cowboys trying to fight back trying to bounce back from a terrible moment in primetime television by doing so in primetime television so I think this game will call for some chaotic stuff and I'm here for it and tonight we'll dive right into it thank you so much for tuning into the show right now I apologize for the Delay. I had some technical difficulties on my end, so hopefully we skate this night unscathed by the Wi-Fi gods. So we'll we'll see how that goes in a little bit here. But anyways, I wanted to start off by the question with the question of: Can this be an offensive showdown on Monday Night Football? And it's an interesting one because that's one thing that you know for sure that is different from the Niners in the Chargers. They do not have that uber-talented defense. And I know that maybe the Niners are not talented at every position. We entered that game thinking that the Cowboys would be able to exploit that secondary, specifically the cornerbacks. And we found out the hard way that that was not the case. In fact, San Francisco came out with a plan to play a heavy dose of man coverage and the Cowboys did not find answers and there's been a lot of offensive analysis x's and no's in-depth stuff that have revealed that the Cowboys never really were able to beat the man coverage and at times the Niners were jumping on Dallas's routes specifically the slants and as Cowboys fans you probably know that's an issue because we entered season knowing that that could be one of the negatives of actually handing the rings to Mike McCarthy. Maybe too many slants, if you will. Uh, But this could very well be an offensive showdown. The total in the betting markets is over 50. And if you look at the offensive numbers for each of these teams, which will be of particular interest for Cowboys fans, since on the other hand, there's an offensive coordinator that intrigues us because it's Kellen Moore, former Cowboy offensive coordinator and it's pretty clear which offense has done best five weeks into the season and there will be some mixed feelings about this but if you look at DVOA, the chargers are fifth best in the nfl the cowboys are all the way down to 19th which is pretty low more on that later pass epa number five for la 11 for dallas rush epa they're more or less the same 12th and 13th respectively and then I also always like to filter early down stuff so this is early down EPA just what goes on on first and second down and not a whole lot of change there either the Chargers number five in the NFL and number 19 for the Cowboys keep in mind keep in mind by the way that the Chargers have not had Austin Eckler For a while now. He's set to come back on Monday Night Football. So that will be a tough matchup for Dallas. In that they're not going to have Leighton Banderesh at hand. He is being placed an injured reserve. Which means he will be out for four games. And that means the Cowboys are going to have to ask big stuff from Demon Clark. And they're going to have to ask big stuff from Rokies Bell. And even Micah Parsons. If he does get those linebacker looks that we are expecting he will get. And of course, Rashawn Evans, if he ends up playing, he was signed to the practice squad officially today, by the way. I'm not sure if he's going to be elevated for Monday just because of how fast it would be. But the Cowboys might need it, man, because they're desperate for bodies at linebacker. Forget about for depth and, and just good play at linebacker. That's like, you know, they just need a body out there at this point. With all of the injuries. So, man, obviously, that's not what we envisioned, right? We didn't envision this drop off for the Cowboys because one year ago, the Cowboys would have been more or less where the Chargers are at now. Just like objectively speaking, this was more or less where they were. Top five offense or one of the top 10 offenses in the NFL. They're pretty low in terms of where they are at efficiency wise. And I think you're starting to run out of benefit of the doubt because at first I was giving them the benefit of the doubt in the sense that the game scripts that they had played through were pretty weird. And I don't mean NFL scripted. I mean like they were playing blowout games, so it made sense to maybe control the football and not look to maybe uh, blow up the scoreboard or anything like that. The 49ers game, though, was the one where you expected a little bit more from the Cowboys, and we didn't get anything like that. We barely got first downs in the first half, and we all know how that went. I don't have to relive all of that stuff with you tonight. You know what I'm talking about. And there was a very in-depth article from Steven Ruiz from over at The Ringer. I love Ruiz's uh, content, to be honest. He... I pretty much love everything that the Ringer does. I'll say that uh, I do respect them a whole lot. Even their coverage of succession was spot on. So just a random comment from me there. But Stephen Reese put out an article, which is called the Dallas Cowboys offense is broken. Is Mike McCarthy capable of fixing it? I'll say this. I do recommend reading that article. Like after the show is over, go ahead, look it up. They deserve for you to read that. But three takeaways that I'll spoil you from that article that I believe Stephen Ruiz nailed, and this picture is actually from that piece. These are the plays, just to give you an idea as to how stale and predictable the Cowboys' offense has been. These are the this is a graph that shows perfectly covered dropbacks faced. So plays where the quarterback has nowhere to go, in other words, and EPA per dropback. And wouldn't you know it? The Cowboys face the third highest rate in the entire league of plays where they are perfectly covered. Let me tell you, the two teams that face the most uh, face more such plays than the Cowboys. You got the Washington Commanders, who are coached by Eric Bieniemy, which low key surprises me that he ranks his offense ranks so low, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt Canada is running away from Steelers fans every single day cuz they're trying to get him fired from for over a year now. So the Cowboys, you look at where they are, you look at where the 49ers are, which is far and away the best team in the NFL. They barely face plays where they're perfectly covered and they are the they have the highest EPA per play in the entire league. The Dolphins are more or less there. You get the Patriots uh all the way down in terms of EPA, but they Don't even face nearly as much as perfectly covered plays as the Cowboys do. So it's a pretty disappointing visual right here that we have on the screen. It tells you that the Cowboys are not doing a whole lot to get these receivers open for Dak Prescott. Which, if you're being honest, and you take off your glasses that are trying to put all of the blame on the quarterback is not a surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise. How many of these plays are are, are being thrown to perfectly covered players or to contested situations like the ones that we saw versus the San Francisco 49ers? There was the slant in which Fred Warner came down crashing. You know, the catch was made, but Fred Warner delivered a big time hit. I know you know what play I'm talking about. Then you get the interception that happened to the right side on the quick throw. It was his land that the 49ers sniffed out perfectly. And Steven Ruiz has this conclusion that that is happening because the Cowboys got, or got rid of the walkie stuff that Kellen Moore brought to the table. You know, the quads formations where you had four players lined up to one side. They got rid of the... Hulk packages where they had a sixth offensive lineman in there. They got rid of those red zone packages that Kellen Moore had like this trickery up of, up his lip with four tight ends on the goal line. They got rid of a lot of that. And the Cowboys have become stale and predictable, which are the same two words that were used for Mike McCarthy during his final years at Green Bay. And now you're faced with this reality where, It's got to change, and it's got to change Monday night. It it cannot wait until after the bye week for the Cowboys to adjust and all that. Maybe you can, but it's going to be much more complicated. But I thought that was a pretty interesting takeaway from the Steven Ruiz article, and specifically it kind of fits with what you see on screen, where you keep seeing the Cowboys run slants versus cover one, which is okay, I guess, but you're clearly being beaten by the 49ers in that game, and you don't see the Cowboys keeping CD Lamp open. That's why he got five targets, the same as Michael Gallup, the same as Tony Pollard, which should be unacceptable. And the other thing that they got rid of is not only downfield passes, but intermediate passes. You're not seeing a whole lot of that. There's nothing wrong with quick game as long as quick game is not your entire passing game you know theoretically and this is something that we've talked about even since last year quick game is not specifically your passing scheme because quick game in a lot of situations is an extension of your running game and it becomes redundant if you're running the football and running quick game and running the football and running quick game in previous weeks the Cowboys have didn't have the need to maybe well there there's two reasons here why they why we were giving them a pass. number one reason was they were playing blowout games in the first two weeks versus the Giants and Jets. You got blowout wins, so there wasn't a need to push the football downfield. Week three, there were three backup offensive linemen, and we know that the Cowboys messed up with the way that they approached that game, but we also know that maybe. Mike McCarthy was right when he said that he overreacted and he took away the vertical stuff. And maybe deep down, we were like, oh, so deep vertical stuff is going to be back next Sunday. And then it wasn't versus the I mean, versus the Patriots, it was a little bit. And then versus the Niners, nowhere to be found. And you cannot live in that world where either you are running the football or running quick game. It needs to be different. It needs to be intermediate. It needs to stretch the field vertically and we're not seeing anything like that that helps Dak Prescott out, I'm going to read you some of the numbers here that I thought were pretty interesting. Like, look at this right here. Look at this. It, it starts out by, by making it clear that, you know, Dak is not a turnover-worthy player, even though he earned that label in 2022. But this is one that I wanted to read to you. While he ranks 11th in EPA per dropback on pass plays, If you strip out play action and screen passes, which are more dependent on play design than on a quarterback's processing skills, then Dak becomes the fifth best QB in the league. And he also has this powerful line that says Dak is still the Dak of old. He's just stuck in a poorly designed offense. So again, I do recommend reading that article. I'm actually going to drop it in the chat because again, I think that Ruiz deserves that read. But to give you an idea. That's what I'm talking about when I say we're seeing a dangerous version of Mike McCarthy. We're seeing the version where things have got to change over the next few weeks. Now, I know that I've been talking a whole lot, so I'm going to read the comments now. Sorry about that. Let me read some of your comments here. Mark Aaron says, Cooks is the best route runner on the team. Oh, interesting. Uh, And we never throw him the ball. He'll be He'll be had good seasons with Davis Mills. He even had good seasons with Davis Mills throwing him the ball. Yeah, the Brandon Cook situation is weird because you see moments in the game where Brandon Cooks is close to having those big plays. And you see what the Cowboys want to do with him in several situations. But we're getting to the point where, okay, he's got to see more touches as well. See, the Lamp is, to me, the guy that needs to see more touches. Like, it's ridiculous the way that they're not forcing him the football at some, to- at some point. Uh, Rick, we'll get into the prediction in a little bit right at the end of the show. And we're going to be back with betting the Cowboys, by the way, today. I have my pick in, locked in, and I feel somewhat confident about it. We'll see how it goes. As confident as you can be. With a game as walkie as this one. Because I do believe it's going to be walkie. Let's see here. Justin D says, if we come in generic and predictable, then Mike McCarthy better look for a new job. And then if it doesn't get better, offensively speaking, he might go right back into the hot seat. I do agree with that. But then it's going to be in the front office to really find... I don't want to oversimplify it, but why wouldn't you target a Kyle Shanahan friend. (laughs) I know that people like to say that, hey, not just because they know Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan, they're going to know how to do this. I mean, maybe that's not uh, enough of a reason to believe it will work, but it sure is working at a high rate across the NFL. You got to bring in somebody that's more modern is what I'm trying to say. Bruce says, if it comes to that, but it's too early to say it, it, it's, it's up to McCarthy to show that he can evolve, but it's going to be tough to do it mid-season. So big challenge ahead for him. Bruce says, Mo, this team is a pack of front runners. They only seem to win with a lead early on the game. Not entirely in disagreement with that one, to be honest. Dwayne says, if Dallas loses that game against the Chargers, it's pretty much over, in my opinion falling to that sort of record uh, uh to three and three i agree that would complicate things i think the nfc east spe- especially could be over like quote unquote at that t- at that point like it would be very difficult to snatch the nfc east title from the philadelphia eagles who remain undefeated and are likely winning on sunday quite honestly so i i see where Dwayne is coming from uh with the understanding that, you know, it's still going to be week six and there's a whole lot of football left to be played and you never know what can happen. Toxic Tom says, "Mo, Sam Bankman-Fried or Dallas Cowboys, which one is the biggest fraud? Hey, listen, man. it's It's got to be the first one. <laughs> it's got to be Sam. I, I know what you mean, Toxic Tom, but uh, it's got to be Sam on that one. Let's see here. Rick, Rick says, uh, love you, Mo. Giving you a hard time. Oh, yeah, because Rick called me 12 years old earlier on the show. I was meaning to mention it and then I didn't. Uh your heads up has been spot on, says Rick. Oh, the the betting the cowboys segment. We're four and one for the season. So looking forward to seeing that one. Uh is Dak our quarterback? He's definitely the quarterback, man. He's definitely the Cowboys quarterback. And I understand the frustrations. For the entire team, but man, that's the quarterback. And I talked on one day about the only way that that could change, and that's the Cowboys ending the season with a higher draft pick that many that many would uh, assume. And then only then you could get into that a conversation because of the contract, etc. But I strongly believe that is a quarterback for the next few years too, and that's okay by me, by the way. But anyways. Let's talk about facing Kellen Moore now for a second here on the show before we continue. We've talked about the frustrations that we have about the Cowboys offense. The Chargers have some of their own. Uh, They haven't been able to run the football very well without Austin Eckler because even though they are 12th right now in the NFL, if you filter the games that Eckler has not played in out, they have struggled. So you got to ask yourself if that is a situation of who they have faced as well and not only Eckler's own absence but he's going to be back and the Cowboys are not going to have Leighton Van Der Esch they are probably going to move Micah Parsons out of his usual position at least for a significant amount of reps I would assume because you need to like that's the only answer right now so the Chargers are looking like they're going to be a team that is going to score on you and as such, it's going to take a team effort to go out and win this one. Cowboys are going to have to put points on the board, if you ask me. Now, one of the biggest criticisms for the Chargers is that they cannot hold on to late leads. And the perfect example came in their last game. They, they faced the Raiders, and they held a 17-point lead in the second half. So they ran the football nine times. And you know what they got? 18 yards. They almost gave up that lead. And it's not really a new problem that you see on the Chargers. And if Kellen Moore knows how to do a lot of things, I think one of the ones that he might struggle with is the run game. And I think that we got to experience that firsthand. Not in the red zone. In the red zone, it was a pretty good running offense. But for the most part, you saw him struggle in that area just a little bit. So it's going to take a a big time effort to stop the run and really take that away from them early. So then you are forcing them to beat you through the air. And let's face it, Herbert is a pretty good QB. Might be top five in the NFL at this particular moment. But they are missing some players, right? Mike Williams is out. They do have Kenan Allen, who will be one of the key matchups to watch, in my opinion. Keenan Allen versus Jordan Lewis, because Allen is going to spend most of the time in the slot. He can move around and he can line up on the outside, but mostly it's going to be Lewis versus Keenan Allen, who happens to be still one of the most productive wideouts in the entire NFL. So respect to him. But where the Cowboys can really exploit the Chargers' offense might be pass protection wise, because when Justin Herbert is forced back, is forced to drop back, excuse me, his offensive line can struggle. And one of the areas that you can see that is that on third down, they are one of the top 10 teams that are the most pressured in the entire league. And the Chargers are entering this game without their starting center, Corey Lindsley. So you can get Micah in some of those linebacker looks and just maybe mug up the A-gap and try to rush the passer in those sort of situations from the inside. Entering the game on Sunday night, Kyle Shanahan actually said that's where he's the most dangerous at, Micah. Kyle Shanahan said that, hey, when Micah lines up over the A-gap, that's the most dangerous version that you can get from him. So I wonder if that is going to be a big factor when Monday night football comes on. Overall, man, it's going to be a chaotic, chaotic game, in my opinion. And I think there's going to be mistakes on both sides of the of the football. I think that it's going to be somewhat of a frustrating one for the defense. Not in the sense that they're going to be dunked on like they were on Sunday night football. But this Chargers offense has some skill. And hey, Kellen Moore is good at what he does. Let's face it. Kellen Moore, good offensive coordinator. Mark Aaron is totally right on this one. He says Joshua Palmer is underrated. He's an underrated receiver for them. He totally is. and. They've also got Quentin Johnson, the rookie, who is not great, but, I mean, obviously it's going to take time for him. But he can burn you. He can burn you. And, and he can win contested catches as well. So they're going to have answers for the Cowboys. And as I said last week, you just know that Kellen Moore is going to be on his back. He's, he's going he's gonna to save some stuff for the Cowboys. I can guarantee you he has some stuff saved for the Cowboys. And I can guarantee that Mike McCarthy is going to want to do his best as well against Kellen Moore because, I mean, he's got to prove something on this game. And, you know, the NFL schedulers, they knew what they do. They they know what they are doing when they put these schedules together. And they probably had a good idea of what would happen when the Cowboys face the 49ers. They felt confident in setting up this script, I guess, which is awesome. I'm, I'm here for the storylines, honestly. Give me the storylines. Who cares? But I believe that that's the showdown to watch, honestly. McCarthy versus Kellen Moore. Still, though, I have I, 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 I my doubts if McCarthy is going to shift things up uh, or if it's going to be the same quick game passing offense that we're going to see. And maybe the Cowboys just take it slow in terms of the pace that they run their offense with. So anyways, key matchups to watch. We already mentioned Keenan Allen versus Jordan Lewis. We mentioned Corey Lindsley versus the Cowboys interior defensive line and Micah Parsons when he's mucked up over the A-gap. That's going to be an area where you're going to want to stress Justin Herbert as much as you can. And I'm going to go back to the offense now. What about this number? Versus the Dolphins, the Chargers allowed 17 explosive plays. Because of that game in week one, they are still one of the teams that allows the most explosive plays. But if you look just at the last three games, they're actually not that bad. 14 explosives over three games. That would rank 10th fewest in the NFL. This is actually per the ringer as well. And the Cowboys are going to be lining up their wide receivers versus a cornerback group of a Samuel Jr., Michael Davis, and then Taylor, the nickel cornerback that they have. And Jerwin James is going to be back. So it's going to be a good showdown there. The Cowboys are going to have to win the wideouts versus the cornerbacks. They're going to have to win some tough matchups not necessarily with the corners themselves. I mean, a Santa Samuel is, is complicated, but like Derwin James's presence on defense can really be unpredictable, like where he's going to end up in, and he can force some mistakes. But I would say, though, that the Cowboys receivers should have the upper hand on this matchup. Unfortunately, we thought the same on Sunday night, and that didn't show at all. Of course, they need some help from the offensive scheme. I wonder if we see more of Jalen Tolbert. Uh, I would like to see more of Jalen Tolbert. I think it's time. I think it's time for him to get more looks. Michael Gallup, man. Not saying that he sucks or anything like that, but he shouldn't be earning as many reps as he is earning over Tolbert. I think the kid at least deserves a chance. Ladies and gentlemen, that sets us up for the final matchup and then we'll get into the predictions. Staring still. Terence Hill at right tackle. He's one of the most responsible players in pressures allowed in the entire NFL. Like, if you look at who is responsible for the pressures that a team allows, right tackle for the Cowboys is among the top five highest in the league. So, you know, he's going to have a easy, busy game because he's going to have Joey Boza and he's going to have Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack actually has been on a little bit of a rise. He's back to being Khalil Mack, at least number wise, in terms of pressures and all that. Going to be a fun game for him, uh, for Terence Hill. He's going to need some help, in my opinion. We'll see how the Cowboys go ahead and take care of that. But I'm going to read some of your comments before we get into my prediction for the game. And I am looking forward to seeing what you guys have to say about the scoreboard. Cam says McCarthy, S-O-B. Let's see here. Start dropping those predictions. Rick says, we have the best defense in the NFL, and I'm worried about our future games. Mark Aaron says, I think Bosa has like three pressures in three games against Steele. Ooh, that is, a nice, that is a nice reminder, for sure. Let's see here. Rick Jones says, how many other teams haven't won a Super Bowl in 30 years, and why is nobody calling them out? I've seen some tweets about that, so I'm with Rico there. But obviously, man, we want the Cowboys. Gregory says, Mo, we need to feed Pollard on the ground and in the air. And Pollard also needs to get going. And I understand that this also has to do with the play calling and everything. But a Pollard, man, those explosive numbers from last year are gone right now. That's an area that the Cowboys need to improve on now. Let's see here. I see some crazy comments here. The guru said McCarthy does not know anything except digging and dunk. West Coast offense in the most West Coast offense way of all. They need to evolve that a little bit. Toxic says Dallas 24, Chargers 28. Dallas starts off slow and comes back and falls short. Here's my prediction. I'm going to get started with my prediction. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to give you my betting prediction and then my actual scoreboard pick. But spoiler alert, I believe this is going to be a tough one for Dallas. And I believe it's going to go under. I think it's going to be more of a low-scoring affair between these two teams that many would expect. The number is pretty inflated, in my opinion. 15 and a half. It is below the key number of 51. That's one of the most important numbers that you can get in the NFL world. But still, Cowboys and Chargers, on one hand, I believe the Cowboys defense is still somewhat legit. I mean, not somewhat, it's still legit. Bad game versus the 49ers, sure. Worried about Leighton Van and Trevon Diggs and all of the injuries piling up, sure. But, man, I still believe they can get some stuff done. They have one of the best secondaries in the NFL. They have Michael Parsons. Even if he's playing linebacker instead of edge rusher, I think he's going to do good. So I just think that the Cowboys' defense is going to have some moments against this Chargers offense. And offensively speaking, I think Dak and the boys are going to take it a little bit slower than we would like them to. I think it's still going to be quick game. I think it's still going to be a slow paced relatively offense right because they are gonna run tempo here and there but not all the time or anything like that so give me a lower scoreboard and give me give me 24 21 cowboys 24 21 dallas i think it's very telling that the cowboys after that bit down and after the chargers won two games in a row and they're coming off of a bye week. I think it's very telling the Cowboys are road favorites. I think this is the better roster. And I do have the doubt if we have the Cowboys read right. Because I'm not sure we know who they are yet. For better or worse. So I know this prediction can really blow up on our face. But for now, give me the Cowboys winning this ball game. I think what Toxic says here for now, though, is a fair way to think. Don't trust this team with adversity. About as mentally strong as a 16-year-old. Bruce is 24-21. Rick says, what do you think about the West Coast offense this year? I'm not a fan of it, bro. Not a fan of it if you're not going to see them pushing the ball downfield or having other answers other than slants, which is what the 49ers game felt like. But hopefully we see them bounce back, though. On Monday night, I'm going to see you again, though, before the game, ladies and gentlemen, because we are going to have a show on Sunday night. We'll see what we talk about. I will be honest and say I'm not entirely sure. We might overreact to whatever's going on around the NFL that day. And, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you as always taking the time to listen to ADC Sports, Dallas Primetime, choosing to listen to the show. And I am ready, ready for this weekend, man, ready for it. We need to to forget what happened on Sunday night. It's time. Hopefully the Cowboys do not give us another nightmare to think about for for another week, especially not with the bye week looming. I want the win, man. (laughs) I know everyone is on the same page here. Thank you so much. Thank you for all of the comments. Thank you to everyone who tunes in. I'll see you el domingo. 8 de la noche. Bye-bye.